my goodness. Welcome to AA Opera Podcast. Episode 10. Woo, double, double digits. digits. <laughs> we did try to very quiet high five then. Um, thank you so much for joining us again. We've got a great podcast for you this week. We are joined by... David Rose and Joe Hausman. Yes, and they're talking all about their new opera that they wrote, composed, libretticized. I mean, it's pretty impressive. Everything, impressive, and yeah. it's coming to the Yorkshire communities in uh, August 2020. August 2020. Uh, but you'll you'll hear more about that um, very mm-hmm. soon. So listen in and uh, enjoy. Yeah. Good. We've been doing a lot of podcasting this week. And last week. Uh, well, and last week as well. Yeah, it's uh, it's really picking up, uh, but we're preparing season two for you. Mm-hmm. So, um, yes, that's very, very exciting. Right. And what about you, Avi? What have you been up to? Uh, getting, like, for some reason this week has been so much more intense than the rest of term has been. Yeah. But um, really, really great week. I went to see Magic Flute Dress Rehearsal at the Royal... Academy of Music Opera School, so RAO. It was really good. Really, really good. Yeah. I mean, I really, I really like the opera. I, I've got a soft spot for it because I've done it before. But um, yeah, I, it, the set's amazing. The isn't set's it? amazing. The costumes are amazing, and the singing is on point. Super. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited for this week's podcast. Well, hello, guys. Hello. It's lovely to meet you both. Thanks for having us. Yeah. We're going to do a little bit of an introduction. We have two guests here today, which is not normal for us. And one microphone. (laughs) 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 But we have Joe and we have David. And can you guys tell us a bit of who you are and why why you're here? I'm Joe Hausman, and... I'm David Rose, and uh, I've... Well, we've been writing an opera for the last two to three years. And the plan from the beginning has been to take a load of academy students up to our old turf in North Yorkshire and uh, put on a performance with them. Fun! I'm so excited. Yeah. So, David, you are a very recent graduate of the Royal Academy of Music, so we're going to sidetrack for a minute. Yeah. And how scary is it to be in the the real world? Like, how does it feel to be... Honest answer, please. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, actually. I don't really feel like I've quite entered the uh, the, the real world yet, um, just because m- most of what I'm doing is connected to this opera and doing fundraising and writing and working with people and doing interviews and running workshops is uh, doesn't really feel like real life. It feels like yes, uh, we've something had a, else. We've had a very strange few months, yeah. we, with uh, just keeping on not only with kind of our own things and what we're doing, but also really intensely trying to focus on the fundraising yeah. and so I think being a student was more normal yeah. that was more real that, that <laughs> was, that was more real life. world yeah, yeah. well because also then you kind of get the segue from academy life to real life where it doesn't feel so break apart like it doesn't really feel like you're cutting away because it's kind of segued into it in mm. a way mm. Do you, would you recommend that then to start if you have a pa- project that you're passionate about to actually start it when you feel like it and not just wait for school's to end Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've always been a sort of project-oriented person anyway, so I've always been doing projects, and, it, and it's kind of what keeps me sort of going creatively and as a person, you know, it's like, well, I'm going to write this piece or do this thing by this date, and I, that keeps me going, so I've always had that anyway, but I think coming out of 
it was weird. My graduation didn't really it wasn't that much of a p big deal for me personally, um, because I think the main focus for the last two years, like I was saying, has been this opera, and so it kind of just felt like a part of the process. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my family were kind of. Yeah, slightly. <laughs> I think I think I was actually more excited about it. Than <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So am I right in thinking it was composition that you studied? Yes, yes, yes. I did. Yeah. And was composition. did you always have an interest in opera and composing opera, or was it? No, actually. I mean, um, my in terms of the things that I've written before, it's been mostly chamber music and not really and not a lot with singers actually. My ma I mean, the the thing that got me into wanting to write an opera was. Uh, a love of the theatre, actually. Mm. And I've got, throughout my childhood, I was performing in stuff, you know, in plays and things, and um, I got really comfortable working in that space, and I think it's an interesting space. There's an interesting relationship with the audience. It's a, it's a different relationship to the one that you have in a concert environment. And I've, al I've, and I've always found writing for the concert environment a bit kind of not quite comfortable. I don't know why that is, It's just, but the theatre for me... You know, the minute we started working on this, actually, I suddenly thought, oh, I'm feeling really comfortable, actually, in this environment. Mm. I feel like I can... Mm. Um, it's more storytelling, I guess, more the... Yeah, yeah. I think also yeah. you expect different things in a theatre. And the way that people... That people's attention is different. And um, the relationship between the work and the audience is very different. There's more of an involved atmosphere, I think, mm. in a theatre. Whereas in a concert hall, it can feel very detached. And I know a lot of kind of new music now is being performed in different venues and, Pubs and, and, and yeah, exactly and, and so the idea is kind of to break that down but the traditional kind of concert orchestra thing it's a I find it quite it's, it's a sort of weird distance and you kind of show up to something that's already kind of it's already there witness it and then leave and to me that's kind of that's not interesting yeah so I suppose what we're wanting to do with the opera is give people the give people the experience of coming in and then pulling them into the that sort of immersive the yeah I mean one of the things but the whole sort of opening of the opera is all about kind of bringing people into the kind of world that we're kind of generating. We'll come back to that, yes. Get ahead of myself. But Joe. Hello. So you didn't come from the traditional music world. Um, no. But what inspired you to get involved with this project? And what is it that you actually Yeah, what do you do? do? Well, I guess, I guess primarily, I, I'd, in a very broad sense, I just call myself a writer of some sort. I mean, I, I, I'm a master's student in philosophy at UCL. And I did philosophy as an undergraduate so that's kind of my my main area of focus but I've always been interested in the arts and I've always been interested in in music and I've been friends with with David for many many years and we we've talked about the arts for a long long time and also about outreach and what we we think would would be useful in terms of education mm -hmm. and, uh, policy and that kind of thing and so when he, he came to me with this this idea of, of, of writing uh, writing something, we weren't entirely sure what it was at the time. No. But it, it's 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 I, I jumped on it. You know, I really jumped on it, and I, I it was my first real foray into actually trying to produce some artistic yeah. piece, and it's been a fantastic experience. Um, not only for me personally, but also in collaboration and working with something that's so vast. Yeah. Mm. Uh, well, with one another the, person. Yeah. Well, one of the things for us as well is that we're not just. Um, sort of creative partners. We're also very, very good friends. Mm. So we'd talk, you know, I'd call Joe uh, last, well, last year? It would have been last scary year. Now. Yeah, last year, <laughs> and we'd speak on the phone for like nine hours. And, yeah. uh, you know, we'd talk about what was going on in our personal lives and things and gossip and stuff. And that, But then we'd, you know, that we'd get around to talking about the, the opera. And we'd talk about it for hours. And um, 
it was interesting because I, f- I feel like because we've been writing it for so long that our kind of shared existence has sort of found its way into the into yes. the piece. It's funny. That's funny. I think that's really important actually, just to have a foundation of friendship. That's I mean we've found yeah. that it's it makes the work a lot more fun when you're coming in and and you actually genuinely know the person. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Whereas if you're coming in and it's very cold, like cut and dry. Yeah. yeah. You gotta do this. You gotta do that. Yeah. You kind of lose the creativity, especially Absolutely. I think in creative work. You kind of need to know how to bounce off of each other. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And be like, you're in a bad mood today. I'm gonna leave you alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It produces a certain comfortability with the other person, and it, it really means that you can. You know, no holes barred. You can really feel as though you can produce something. As yeah, and, you know, I wouldn't feel embarrassed about saying, yeah. I think that's, you know, a load of, load of yes. rubbish what you've just said or whatever. Or suggesting an idea that might, you might not do. Yes, yes, that's actually really that's really important, actually. I never felt, and I don't think Joe did either, that when we were suggesting ideas, particularly in the early stages, that that we sort of had to hold back in terms of, which mm-hmm. I might have done if I was working with someone else and there was slightly more distance in the relationship, I might have felt like, oh, I'm not quite sure if this idea is any good. Yeah, Whereas but I when just, you're in a friendship... Yeah. No idea is ridiculous. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So I just used to vomit out stuff <laughs> yeah. and kind of like deal with all the bits. It was like, oh yeah, and which that really helped actually. Yeah. Mm. Do you ever get asked, <laughs> Joe? Do you ever get asked like, oh, but if you're not an opera singer, how, why are you into opera? Yes. I'm asking this as devil's advocate here. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm it's <laughs> it, it is a legitimate question I've been. And it has come up asked, actually. And it, it, it has. So people have asked. Yes, you. they 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 actually have. I think in in you know the best meaning sort of way yeah. <laughs> uh, I assume uh, it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's I, I think sometimes with these things you can get yourself into a position where you don't do anything where you, you don't produce anything you know you, I'm not formally trained in writing opera yeah and yet we can, it can be done you know we have you done do. it we have, yeah, and we have done it yeah and it, it's what people will make of it is is, is up to them but <laughs> but, but but sometimes I, I feel as though you should just go and do these things actually yeah. try and produce something yeah. Yeah. instead of I think I think this is yeah I think this is a problem for a lot of people actually a lot of creatives where you can get so stuck into an identity you're stuck in your I, own head too yeah you've got an idea of what your identity is oh I'm a composer or I'm a whatever and then it means that you f- you don't feel like you can do other stuff and I'm actually really glad that I don't think either of us feel like that. I mean, I've so one of the things I'm doing outside of this is um, making this like short film thing, and um, haven't had having had you know minimal experience doing it. But it's not. I don't know. For I don't know. I've never found that sort of thing daunting. But people do, don't they? They're sort of like, well, I'm this, and I don't want to. I think especially people in the conservatoire system. Yeah. What you're working for towards the end is graduation and a piece mm. of paper yeah. with a master's or a bachelor's or whatever and actually if you're creative and if you're passionate you can do it <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean everybody's had to, everybody's written an opera or written operas has had to write their first opera yes and so basically it's uh, you just got to throw we just throw ourselves into it really yeah. everybody has to do something yeah. the thing for the first time and whether or not you're trained in it whether or not you've done it before it's throwing yourself into it and, yeah. and, and getting on with it and producing and creating it's what we need to do, I think, as creative people. So, pheasant opera, and as yes. you told me, not peasant no, opera, peasant. but pheasant. pheasant. I've got very good at making sure that the PH comes across, because of the amount of people who've gone... Peasant. 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 Yeah. Is, oh. it your, is it your Yorkshire accents that make people... It could be, it could be. I've blamed it on people, you know, not turning on their hearing aid or something. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, I want to know the influence behind the name before yeah. we go in. 
Um, well, we when we started writing, one of the, so I'd actually written um, sort of two failed librettos before Joe was involved. Um, one was about. <laughs> That's a positive. I know it's great, mind. isn't it? Joe was a rectifier. Um, one was about was one was like sort of based on some stuff by Virgil, and the other one was just a story of my own kind of invention. And neither of them really worked, and I didn't feel like they they didn't connect with what we were trying to do in terms of the young people. And so I'd started getting around to the idea of using fables and um, looking at fairy tales, and that's when Joe got on board. And so we got interested in the idea of using animals. And then because the nature of the pheasant character in the opera is that it's sort of on the outskirts of a farm, and it goes into the farm kind of... uh, to find meaning for itself. It needed to be an animal that kind of wasn't a farm animal, that was kind of on the edge of something. Yeah. And also Yorkshire is heavily populated with uh, peasants, peasants particularly where we're from. Mm. So It just, everything kind of fell into place yeah. in terms of the main character. And I, th- I think it, it was useful, not only as a metaphor, but also in that it, uh, it was what kind of came out of the, the discussion that we were having at the time. Mm. Yeah. And what we wanted to do in terms of the mythology and uh, the yeah. fables, and it was it was very very well informed by our reading of ancient myth and ancient stories. And, yeah, and we're both big fans of of, of kind of general literature as well. So yeah. it's, nice. it's, uh, it's, there's there's almost too many influences to try and yeah, and lots of the ideas for the story actually came out of discussions. So we'd be talking about um, myths and talking about the history of myths, or we'd be talking about various things and other. We, um, two big things that we're talking about a lot around the time when we were just starting off was Faust and Don Quixote. Yeah. And both of those things kind of, jumping from those discussions, we then kind of talked about what we liked about both those texts and kind of things found their way into the yeah. op- the opera generally. Yes, and then the pheasant kind of came. And we liked the pheasant. It was just like, we, we started saying, and it's like, yeah, it yeah. feels right, which... At, at mm. some point, it felt as though that was what yeah. the, the opera was called. And, you know, we didn't. There wasn't a day where we sat down and said, "This is the this is the yeah." Name of, uh, the project. Yeah. And I think but that thing about feeling right is really important, and it's what yeah. I always go by. It's just, does this feel right? And it yeah. did, and yeah. it felt right to me. Trust in your gut. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so there's a pheasant. Pheasant. Yes. And <laughs> um, can I have the whole north it's of England? Pheasant. Yeah. Pheasant. Pheasant. It's very easily done. <laughs> <going. laughs> um, Whereas my very southern <laughs> accent does not to give that sense. No, um, I feel very out of place actually right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want to give us a quick synopsis? Yes. So the, the the concept behind the thing is that there's a pheasant, and the opera opens with a pheasant finding herself, and she's lost on the edge of a farm, and she doesn't know who she is, and she doesn't know what she means, um, and she wants to find meaning here. A meaning for her life and she meets a goat and they journey on the farm together and they they try and find her meaning together that's kind of the gist of the story and so she comes into contact with various animals various things and uh, learns about herself and and yeah I think that's good and if, if you want to find out more we've been we've been quite funny with the, the synopsis of the thing actually because we've, we've often just said we're not going to say anything about, about, about it. About it. Mm. Um, but we think that's a, a good kind of general gist of yeah. what we're what I mean, we're if after. you look at today's day and age and how everything is promoted on all fronts, mm. even Midsummer Night's Dream, which everyone knows the story of mm. Midsummer Night's Dream, yeah. when when Gondolin Christie was do, went to promote it on Graham Norton, she was like, 
I can't talk about it. <laughs> well, we all know. It's yeah. just, you should pause it. Like, but mm. no, like all these productions are like steeped in mm. secrets yeah. that you're just... Yeah. So that's I think what's good about a new production as well yeah. is that only you guys know the yeah. full yes. depth and of I, the synopsis. And, and keep it that way. I, I'm, I'm all for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, part of the thing as well for me that's exciting about um, this and about theatre is the sense of mystery, I think. Mm. And... Uh, it's creating a space for, for people to enter into. It's kind of like what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Instead of them having, you know, try try and limit the preconceptions that people have going into yeah. seeing a thing. Uh, mm. And I think that's something that we quite uh, we quite like the idea yeah. of and we've tried to... Well, also, all my most uh, memorable and kind of affecting uh, experiences in any, whether it's going to the cinema or music or theatre, um, have always been from things where I haven't expected what I've received and then I've sort of been blown just the sort yeah. of physical impact of kind of being blown away by this thing that you weren't expecting to to get um, so hopefully that's that's maybe a little bit of what we'll do but I think that's also a really good point when people have an idea of what to expect Absolutely. you can then either like you're saying you can either be blown away or if you have an expectation and it's not met then you're like Oh, that was nice. But people don't know. They're just literally walking in. And I think you're like most of the time when I walk in and I have no expectation whatsoever, I'm 100% blown away because mm. it's just you're more immersed in it. You're more in, mm. invested and you want it to succeed. I feel like you want to have a good time. Yeah. Like when I went to see Come From Away, everyone says it's the best thing. But until you go, you <laughs> don't know why. Yeah. There's a lot of expectations, but you don't know where the story is taking you. So you're mm. not like, oh, I know what's going to happen now. And yeah. You know, it's gonna happen now. Yeah, I mean, I've, because I've been to some contemporary operas where they've actually given a kind of synopsis in the program, so you can kind of read ahead. And I don't think we'll do that. No. I don't think that's kind of how we want it to be received. We kind of want it, people to kind of receive it a as it's happening and be trying to make sense of what's going on. Mm. on but that. it's kind of like when you go to the movie, you're not going to the movies with a synopsis of what the no. movie's about. No. Yeah. But in opera, we do that for some reason. I guess it's just probably developed off of the whole language barrier thing. But yeah. even for English operas now, mm. Yeah, I also say. think there's probably a bit of fear on the side of maybe the people putting on the opera that the the audience kind of, if they don't know something, that they're not going to be interested, which I think is a, a shame because I think what we've done and tried to do, even though we're working with young people, so this is being performed by a lot of young people and some professionals, but uh, is not be patronising. So we're not, we try not to be patronising to our audience and we're trying not to be patronising to the people we're working with. So we've just, we've stuck to kind of our yeah. artistic ideals in terms of our ideas about those things. Yeah. Is the opera for anyone or have you tried to aim it at a certain group of people? Certain no, I, th I think it is for everyone. I think everyone can get something from it. I mean, we... I suppose the main consideration in terms of who it was for was that we knew it was going to be performed by teenagers, basically, mm. um, and then early 20-somethings with the academy students. So it was kind of about... We wanted something that they could engage with, material that they could engage with um, at that age. Mm -hmm. And because it's all about kind of finding your... Not place in the world, but finding yourself, mm. I suppose, and understanding yourself and understanding the world. And your own identity. That, yeah, that that's something that we're all doing and people when you're in your teens absolutely doing um, yeah. yeah but that doesn't mean that you can't get something from it if you're 90 um, I think we've, we've definitely tried to make the the content as kind of universally accessible as, as, mm. as possible we want that we want the, the the content to be challenging to people I think yeah but we also don't want 
we don't want it to just be completely no. inaccessible. As and well. yeah, and when we were talking about sort of the patronising thing, a lot of youth, well, lots of performances and productions or things of that nature that are done for or written for young people, they tend to go quite soft on the content or soft on the way it's shown. Mm. And we've not done that at all. Um, we did know that we were going to be right for young people, so there's obviously things that we, you know, mm. we considered how difficult is this going to be to sing, blah blah blah, all that sort of stuff. But we also kind of wanted it to be a serious production of something. Um, yeah. And that's partly also from my personal experience, like I was saying, of performing. Um, I got the most out of the performances that felt uh, really professional. And actually, the, we've been working with our old, um, the head of drama at our old school actually is one of the people we've been working with, Anne Percival. And she was, one of the things that she did uh, in the productions that she did at our old school was she created a real professional environment. And so, you sort of felt like you had a kind of professional expectations and even though that could be really tough and uh i was very scared of her yeah, well, that's, <laughs> yeah exactly. but it the experience felt like you were really doing something yeah and i think that's really important because yeah. for instance so with me with performing music you know if i was performing at school I might have felt like oh it's not this isn't very serious yeah. one of the great things about coming somewhere like the academy and then when you ha when you're having people play your music is they take it really seriously. There's no difference between um, if they're playing Beethoven or me. It's, it's treated with the same level of kind of respect. Mm -hmm. and So that's something that we wanted to do with, with, the, with the opera. So you're, you keep saying that this is also an immersive experience in getting community involved. So can you just explain why it's different than other operas that if you would have not written it, if you would have taken, let's say, Cunning Little Vixen, mm. also about animal creatures, and taking it there. Why is this different? How are you getting well, people involved? Well, I suppose it's partly different because it's a new work and it's by a living composer. So that means that the approach from the yes. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of the young people, they can when they're well. I mean, we've we've done a lot of the writing with them in the workshops. Mm. Um, but they can see the person who's actually written the thing. They can talk to me and Joe about what our ideas are about it. Mm. Um, so that's that side of it. And then in terms of the audience, I think it's exciting seeing something that's new. Mm -hmm. and I think it's exciting going to a premiere and seeing something that's never been performed before. And you're you're the first person, you know, this is the first time that the things come together. So that's part of it. And also we've been very keen to shape the performance around the space that we're using. Mm. Um, from the beginning, we've actually had, over the time we've been doing it, we've worked in several different spaces, and each new space that we've moved into, we've uh, changed the setup and slightly changed things. We've generated we? new ideas based on yeah. the spaces. What, what, sort, what sort of spaces are they? Because I presume it's not like a set theatre, or is it? It is a theatre. Right. Originally, it was going to be in a school hall, uh -huh. and the way that the school did the uh, seating was they put up kind of, they had tiered seating, but it was kind of like you could, you, you built it. Mm -hmm. The big oh, Meccano nice. thing, yeah. and uh, I had this idea about shoving loads of singers under, <laughs> under the under the seating and kind of hiding them away, and then that suddenly at one moment they kind of do something. Ta -da! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, and then that sort of evolved, and uh, and then when we moved into the next space, uh, it had a, a, a really interesting gallery, and we were like, how can we use this and, da -da 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 and all this and that? And now we're doing it in a th in a in in the Royal Hall. Just got to wait for the in Harrogate. In, in Harrogate, we're just oh, waiting for the sort wow. of contract stuff Great. to go through, and that's a really. I mean, it's a lovely venue. It's beautiful. It's mm. a really beautiful um, turn of the last century space. It's got some very interesting, quirky features, and it's a real. So it feels like it's like sort of like the soul of the Harrogate kind of 
performing community as well, actually. I mean, I know when we spoke to, we spoke recently, spoke to the mayor of Harrogate and he was sort of, which is another kind of soul of the yeah. community type figure. And he thought it was going to be a, a really nice venue to yes. do stuff in. It's great that you can take it around different places and that you've already faced that challenge and taken it. Oh yeah, well we felt, I mean, yeah. it's it's because we've been doing this for so long, it's it's yeah. it's felt like one you know, twist and turn after another. Yeah, um, we've got used to being resilient, I think. Yes, <laughs> we have, yeah. And, and it's... It's good though. I think what we've we've managed to do is is to uh, with every problem we've had, we've we've managed to to twist the thing and, and say, okay, we can make this better now. Even though we don't have this this concrete thing, here we yeah. are. This is what the plan is. We've we've said, well, what can we do this better? How can we improve mm. this thing? And that's been not only a challenge, but it's it's been it's been very useful in terms of yeah, it has because uh, I mean tw- our creativity. I guess there's been two times already that we've thought, you know that there's been it feels a bit like the thing's going to fall apart. Um, Luckily, that hasn't happened for a long time now, so we think we're, we've got past those. I think you hit a really the nail on the head. Everyone always feels like their project's going to fall apart, and especially mm. when you're passionate about it. Mm. It always feels like, oh, if this yeah. goes yeah. wrong, oh, you good. Yeah, and if yeah. everything's not perfect either. So yeah. But, but that's also the, the fact that you can just keep going on a project, and I think this doesn't, this resonates not only to your project, but to most young people in the yep. arts it's going to feel like a lot of people are saying to you oh that's a nice idea mm. oh but but <laughs> this doesn't work for our venue it doesn't there will be people that will be so passionate about it and yeah. will be so excited like if you because you guys are taking this and you're making it a community a yorkshire community theater experience mm-hmm. and that kind of brings people saying like oh well, that's nice for people in yorkshire but actually if they support a program like yours it excites other young creatives to try and do the same thing in different communities and it's a very important thing to put out there and and project to people saying like you can go and make this work in other ways segueing into (laughs) where can people can support pheasant opera how can we get in touch with you guys you can find us on all social media at Pheasant Opera. At Pheasant Opera is on, on everything. With a PH. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but we're also... We've also got... A, we've, well, we're on the SoundCloud scheme, which is a fundraising Which is, we haven't spoken about yet, but you have a couple more weeks to help support many exciting projects at the Royal Academy, including Pheasant Opera and us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's under my name, Avi, but um, it's a crowdfunding platform that the Royal Academy of Music has started for recent alumni and current students. And you guys are on there. We are on there, and you can actually get to it by typing in www.pheasantopera.com, and that links through to the SoundCloud page, because we felt that that was slightly simpler. We've also got www.pheasantopera.co.uk as well. So it's your choice. I mean, we we really hit a blinder, really. It's very difficult not to find us at this (laughs) point. Have you bought both domains? Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Well, the thing was, I know, it's it's showing how kind of uh, anally retentive I am, because I was like, well, what if people forget, and they type in .co.uk instead? Oh, get that one as well <laughs> <laughs> and we, we've also got uh, pheasant opera at gmail.com mm. so we've just went out everything that was pheasant opera on pheasant any opera, pla- platform opera. We've, we've taken it it's easy <laughs> to find us on, on anything twitter so, instagram yeah. twitter yeah. instagram if facebook you, uh, if you type in hashtag pheasant opera it will only be images that me and joe put on the internet <laughs> <laughs> um and the op- and the production will be in in autumn 2020 autumn 2020 dates to be confirmed just because we're like I said, working with the uh, theatre at the minute about yeah. finding a amazing a date. Well, best of luck. Best of luck. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us.
fun fact of the week. And it's my turn, and I have a good one this week. I read um, that the Sydney Opera House, they said that they have used about 20,000 buttons on their costumes in the last 12 months. Oh my God. 20, how many is that a month? Oh, I shouldn't have said that because my maths is terrible. <laughs> Where's Lewis? Where's Lewis? Where's Lewis? Where's Lewis? Hang on. That's 166 buttons a month. Jesus. That's a lot. That's I mean, if you think to provide costumes for every production. How many? Yeah. I'm not going to do the math. I'm not going to continue with this math game. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> I did. Questions from Instagram. Yes, questions from Instagram. Um, so this week, in relation to pheasant opera, an opera about a pheasant, um, we wanted to know operas with animals. What is your favourite? I think one of my really good friends, um, Josie, answered not what her favourite opera is, but what her favourite animal is. Well, you know, we'll or take that. We'll, we'll take, take that. that. And she said a platypus forever. Platypus forever. You should write an opera about a platypus then. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell her. <laughs> so, Lewis's dad commented mm-hmm. on Facebook. Um, <laughs> Kevin says that um, he's particularly fond of Tobamori, the talking cat. Now, I had no idea what Tobamori, the talking cat, is. And I'm going to just leave that as a mystery. And if you're interested, well, I would hi- highly recommend just Googling Tobamori, the talking cat, and enjoy. <laughs> and both my parents, on different platforms, also commented with Aida. Just ignored the whole animal aspect of it, but... Um, yeah, opera... Are, are we there, missing something? Are, are we, there animals in Aida? Not that I know of. Not that I know of. I mean, I I thought of quite a few operas when, when we wrote this question. And um, a new opera, well, it's not it, a contemporary opera, um, The Enchanted Pig by Jonathan Dove. It's a funny one. It's very funny. It has an amazing aria in. Um, tiara, tiara. <laughs> um, it's my wedding day. Yeah, it's my wedding, um, which I've sung before and was very fun to do. And, as well, where we became really good, good friends. Cunning Little Vixen. Cunning Little Vixen. Forever going to be close to my heart. I mean, like, <laughs> you were a vixen cub. I was a vixen cub. I was a grasshopper. And I was also a chicken. You were... Oh, how could I forget? How could I forget? I think we'll post pictures of things. <laughs> yes, we should. Amazing. We will. We will. Amazing. And... Um, I guess segueing nicely into the next section where we talk about what's on this week. Magic flute technically has animals in it. Yeah. And I know this because when they're doing the trials, um, when I was with my student opera company, we were like, how are we going to, you know, have fire, water, and like all these animals? Um, and it was a really great production. We did projections. Um, oh, wow. And so, and Lewis is getting a lot of mentions in this podcast. <laughs> he, um, he did animations uh and so we had like elephants and tigers and stuff that was projected onto the the back of the stage it was essentially the projector screen filled the whole back of the theater and it was our backdrop oh wow it was yeah so 
animals are a magic flute. Which is on at the Royal Academy of Music this, this week. week. Yeah. Or it's, it's you'll basically be able to catch it tonight because it started on Tuesday. On Wednesday. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday. So Friday and Saturday. Yes, if you can grab tickets. Yeah. Um, I think that they're, they're pretty full. They're pretty, yeah, they sold, sold, it, sold, out, sold out. In addition, there's also things going on at the Royal Opera House. There's things going on at ENO. Yes, the Mikado's on there now. Yes. Which I'm very excited to see at the end of this month. Um, and I think just generally, there's loads of Christmassy things going on now. The, all of the ice rinks are open in London. The Christmas light switches are on this week. And there's a lot of like fun content in that form. Yes. Like Christmassy stuff going on. And do you know what? Yes, go and see an opera, but also just get in the Christmas spirit now. <laughs> I mean, I might, some may argue I'm a bit early, but, you know, just ease yourself into it. When is the Christmas market opening up on uh, Marylebone High Street, like last year? When are they turning on the lights on Marylebone High Street? It's this week. Yeah, I saw a Facebook event. Ooh! Yeah, pretty sure. And um, if you are doing an opera or anything like that and you would like us to promote it on this podcast, please let us know. Yeah, Either we'll... email us at aaoperapod at gmail.com or... Instagram, Instagram, Facebook, um, we'll be there and happy to promote anything that you want promoted. But while you're doing that, if you are getting in touch, make sure that you like uh, all of our social media pages. And rate this podcast. And subscribe to it as well so you never miss us. Yeah. See you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye.